Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. I do declare, here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbus. After a very long walk back to Eastern Orgea and a chat with Bahamut, Thomas meets back up with Tyronicus and Monique. Realizing he is no longer recognizable in his skeleton form, they decide to stay undercover and ride out toward Twisted Grove. At the grove, they begin their trek toward the location of Miller's phylactery. On the way, they are attacked by a number of crocodiles before finally facing off against an owl bear. With some clever thinking and spellcasting, they head on toward the Twisted Grove where they are presented with a choice. Left or right. I do declare, your honor is back in session. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, God. Thomas shudders a little bit for some inexplicable reason. <laughs> Tyronicus, my gut says we are going left. Uh, do you even have a gut? Aren't you kind of like a skeleton? Oh, well, good point. Um, this little region here, right here, right below the ribs. That You see that where I'm pointing, Tyronicus? You see that? Is this sexual harassment? That. That's telling me go left. This is stupid. Let's go. I'm going to start heading left. I'm going left. You enter the grove and you turn to the left. You follow the passage down for a couple of feet and then eventually it curves to the right, almost like in a U-turn type formation. Oh my god. <laughs> it curves and then again it splits to the left and the right. And in the center, kind of like where the paths diverge, you see within the twisted mangroves, there's like an overgrown skeleton. There are like flowers growing atop of it, like it's been there for a long time. But you see the bone itself seems to have been deformed. It's rough and spiny, and it looks like a horn has begun to grow out of the right side of it, even though the left side appears to be a normal like humanoid skull. It looks like it's been there for a very long time. It is entwined in the roots, and there are things growing out of it at this point. But yes, you are faced with another left and right diverging pathway. This place gets edgier and edgier. Left again, Tyronicus. What makes you so sure it's left? Everyone goes right. Just go left. Ah, a, a free thinker, I see. Sure, we'll go left. All right. Left? Left. left. 
Alright, we probably should have brought like breadcrumbs or something. I don't I don't want to get lost in here, but okay. It's okay, we've made two lefts. Okay. And you head down the passageway, and before long you come upon another split in the road. This time in the middle of the road, you see some sort of rusted sword like sticking out of the ground. It looks like it's been there for a very long time. The metal has begun to twist and bend in on itself. Uh, it has been eaten away by time and rust. But yes, the path diverges to the left and the right. Is the sword tilting in a particular direction? No, not really. Can I shoot this sword with a firebolt? Uh, okay. Roll that attack. I mean, it's an inanimate object. I'm gonna miss. That is a 23. Okay, you shoot it with fire and it eats away at the rust. And you notice that the rust, it's almost like the molecular structure has changed. Like it's spongy almost. And it's way easier to catch flame, almost like tinder. And it eats up the sword, like the center of it. And then the hilt, which is like sticking up out of the ground, falls as the embers burn at the very end. I'm gonna go pick up the hilt. Okay. Was that really necessary? I don't know, man. It's a magical forest. Maybe it was a magical sword. Okay. Cool. Anyway, so, which way do we go? Left again. What is with you and left? Let's go left again, Tyronicus. <laughs> I feel like we're going in a giant left circle. I mean, I appreciate your convictions at the very least. Alright, so is the sword completely broken? Or is there, like, part of, like... There's, like, a jagged edge on it that if you really want to stab someone and give them tetanus, like, maybe. Nah, I'm gonna draw, like, a giant, like, X on, like, one of the nearby trees. And then I'm like, alright, let's go. Ah, okay, very clever. Yeah, you do so, and actually, the metal is so brittle and spongy that it leaves a little bit of, like, almost an orange trace, almost like you're drawing, but it's really the carving along with the oxidation. And, uh, you see a big orange orange X on one of the trees. Left we go. Okay. You guys head down the passageway. You continue for another probably 40, 50 feet before the path turns toward the left. You continue down that for probably another 40, 50 feet again before it does another one of those like U-turn loops almost to the right. And you continue down that stretch for a pretty long while. You're walking for, I want to say, roughly 100 feet before the path turns toward the right. You hear a a little skittering in the trees. But then you keep moving forward for probably another 30, 40 feet again before you come upon what looks to be a group of skeletons trapped in the trees, almost as if the trees had been eating them, it looks like. You realize this is probably not true, It's probably just a matter of people having been dead here and then the trees growing over them, but it literally looks like these mangroves are absorbing them into the grove. But the path diverges to the left and the right. Oh boy. So I get in the assumption that the forest is absorbing like the magic from people and their life essence. Or they were trapped in the forest for a very long time. Is there any objects with them? Uh, roll an investigation check for me. That is a five. I want to roll an investigation check. Okay. 19. All right. You rifle through these corpses. It's hard because the trees are overgrown. So, like, you kind of have to break branches to kind of shake them down a little bit. You know, some of them have, like, very, very tattered clothes. Almost nothing remains. You manage to find one rusted, like, essentially useless dagger on one of them and you manage to find nine gold on another (gasps) score yes and you see there are three skeletons and monique goes you don't think that could uh happen to us do you no 
Clearly not. We're still here. Okay. I'll refuse to let that be us. Don't you worry. I don't suppose there's a way to carve our own path here and just go right down the middle. Just dig a hole? I mean, it, it looks real thick, and honestly, I don't know where we are in the forest at this point. We've... Oh, Monique, don't be so dramatic. We've made three lefts. We could go back anytime we want. We've been walking for nearly an hour now, Thomas. Well, do you have any better ideas? No, no, I, I'm just saying, in terms of carving a path, I wouldn't even know which way to cut down. You get me? That's true. I could always just set fire to the forest. <laughs> Not with us inside of it. I think we'll be fine. There's a lot of dead tree around. I don't think that would end very well for us. <laughs> so what's our plan now? I feel like if we make another left, we have made a giant circle. Uh, left again. <laughs> if we go left again, I'm pretty sure we make a circle. You tell me. Uh, I'm going to put an X on the tree. I'm like, all right, this is a left. But if we, we pop up back somewhere else, left. no more left. Okay. You turn left and walk for about 20 feet, and then you see another diverging path. And right in the middle of it, you see a chest. <gasps> I'll open it. Mm. <laughs> okay. This is a magic forest. I don't think you want to go to a chest. You open the chest, and your hands em- or roll a dexterity saving throw for me. Oh, boy. Bro, I knew it was going to be a mimic. 19. Okay. You actually managed to back off as you open the chest. It is old, like, it's probably not, like, waterproof at this point as the wood on it has bent and warped. The metal hinges have rusted and it kind of, like, flops open. And you see immediately a big horde of ant bees crawl out. Oh, God. They're ants that are striped and and have, like, that bee-like thorax and they clearly have stingers, but they have no wings. And they all kind of, like, pour out of the chest and then kind of disperse into the woods. They're around you, but they don't seem to be, like, actively hunting you down or anything, so it's fine. But it looked like they definitely would have gone at your hand if you hadn't swiped it off that quickly. Oh, my. Uh, I think the forest is fighting, fighting us. I don't think it likes us being here. I think that was clear from when we first walked in. That sounds about right, yeah. Well, Well, now what? Once more... Left or right? I don't know. I think the middle is looking like a very fine place to go. But there's no middle path. We make our own, Monique. But you understand, we could be facing any direct... Like, we could spend, you know, three hours carving out trees and then end up outside the grove again. Or, God forbid, look, just behind us, those three men in the trees, what... I don't know how fast these things grow. All right, Monique, what do you want to do? You tell us. Oh, no, don't. No, 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 no. I'm not making this decision. Left or right, you tell me. Oh, my God. You brought us into here, Monique. Buck up. Yeah, but I feel like you made all these left decisions, and now there's a lot of pressure to, like, break the pattern, and I don't want to be the one to do it, so... Does anyone have a coin? I I do not. Oh, I just... I have nine of them, actually. Here you go. Oh, yeah. Well, heads we go left, tails we go right. All right, I call heads. Oh, we're going left. <laughs> left it is. Yes. Destiny seems to be favoring left. And you guys turn left. You head down for probably another 20 feet before it does another one of those like U-turn curves to the right. And then you walk down that for probably another 40, 50 feet before it curves to the right. And then finally you see it. The grove seems to open up to a clearing in the center. And in the middle of it, 
sits a dilapidated castle. You can tell this once had various turrets, which have since been broken off. In their place grow enormous fungi, sealing off the roof of the castle from the outside world. There is a large central passageway through the castle that seems to ominously invite you in. Monique takes it in and says, Well, you think this is it? Is this Millie's castle? You hear lightning and you think you hear the sound of flames somewhere. Ah, uh, in we go? <sighs> yep. I guess so. Well, I'm glad I didn't have to come here on my own. <laughs> I'll be honest, Monique, I'm a little nervous myself. That's a very intimidating castle. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad we're not stuck. Well, I guess we are still in the middle of the forest, probably, but... It's okay. We made five lefts. We'll just make five rights on the way out. How'd you hear about this again? A lot of dealings with shady characters. Another sort. Yeah, you're talking to one. She's right there. Another shady character. You're one of them. We'll get into this after we get out of that, but... We got questions. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Let's be quiet about it, too. I, I don't know how dangerous this Millie is, but best be on guard. Can you stop saying his name? Yeah, you say Millie, and you're not quite sure, but it almost seems like a root from one of the mangroves grows out very quickly in your direction. Hmm. That was weird. All right, let's go. You enter that big open hallway passageway thing. And in the middle of the passageway is a large, round, mosaic tile flooring. You can no longer make out the color the tiles once were, as they are now cracked and overgrown with moss. So, Monique, this thing that we're looking for, the container, what exactly does it look like? I honestly don't know. I was just told it'd be somewhere here in Twisted Grove. I was hoping, you know, just now when we saw this castle, this seemed like the perfect layer... But, uh, I don't know. I don't see any other entrances. Uh. Do you guys see anything? I think I'm just going to walk forward and start looking around. (laughs) Roll an investigation check for me. Uh 13. You look around and you don't find much. However, you kind of like scrub at the tile a little bit, like with your foot, to try and remove some of the surface layer of the moss. And you notice that written in a circle around that mosaic tile floor, and it's a round thing, there seems to be something inscribed. However, it's in some ancient language that you've definitely never seen before. Oh. And uh, none of you comprehend it off the bat. No, I think I can. Mm. I have Eyes of the Room Keeper. Doesn't that allow me to read anything? Yeah, I could read any writing. Without casting a spell? Yep. That's dope! Okay. Thomas, you see this, like, ancient inscription. Tyronicus, you have a gander at it. Monique kind of looks over your shoulder, too. And you guys cannot make any sense of it. And then you feel your book glow just a little bit. And suddenly, it's almost as if your brain, like, or I guess not your brain, your mind, because you don't have a brain anymore, begins to, like, like in movies when you see, like, the letters change into, like, a language you understand. It's as if your mind starts to translate it for you. And you read the words, So long as you live, I live within you. When you pass on, you live in me. Die in me, and you're gone forever. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, that doesn't sound good. I'm going to read that back to everyone. And everyone, Thomas reads back to you. So long as you live, I live within you. 
When you pass on, you live in me. Die in me, and you're gone forever. I think I know what's going on here, fellas and Monique. Sounds a lot like everyone else who's died in this forest is stuck here, which is why the trees have taken over them. I think we're supposed to die. What? I don't know. Wait, God, read it again. So long as you live, I live within you. When you pass on, you live in me. Die in me, and you're gone forever. Right, so... Yeah, that does not sound like we should die, no. Well, that might be how we access whatever we need to grab. There's nothing here. If we die, we pass on, then we start to live in him. As long as we don't die in him, we should be fine. I don't know what that means, but... Uh, Sounds like if you die here, you're gone forever. Monique, you want to test it out? And I pull out my shadow blade and stick it to her neck. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, Mr. Phelps, easy, easy there. I'm going to put my fingers to Thomas and I'll just like relax. <laughs> no, we, we need someone to see if this works. Well, can I technically die again? I think, I don't think I could test this out even if I wanted to. Uh, I... Do you all follow my logic here? No. I don't I don't know. It's it's a pretty hasty conclusion to jump to right off the bat. I mean, I don't want to do it, but I I mean, come on. And if that doesn't work, what's your backup plan? Just be standing here with a dead body? I don't see your backup plan here if you don't want to do that. How else are we going to find what we need to find? I'm inclined to agree with Tyrannicus here. God, read it again. <laughs> so long as you live I live within you. Uh-huh. When you pass on, you live in me. Right. Die in me, and you're gone forever. It could be a riddle, I suppose. I mean, wizards are known for lacking their riddles, right? It's true. If only I knew more about this Bartholomew character. So long as you live, I live within you. When you pass on, you live... Could it be a soul? Soul. Soul! I don't think that worked. Heart? Heart. Heart. You can't die within a heart. Maybe like a metaphorical, you know, you die in someone's heart. Is it oxygen? Oxygen. Oxygen. Monique, start drawing up some riddle solutions. I'm going to kill you with my shadow blade. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up. That's a, that's assault right there. Is it the forest? The forest. Life. Grass. Time. Millie. You hear a growl somewhere in the forest. Yo, stop doing that. This is the last place you want to be saying that name. Castle? Castle. It's a pretty lame castle. Uh, brain. Mind. Mind. Bahamut. Like we don't have a lot of time. Let's try something here. I'm gonna like rub my hands together. I'm gonna snap. And I'm gonna try to cast this knock and see if maybe like if it's like an opening to a magical place or something. I can undo it. Okay, how does that work? Just choose an object you can see within range. Object can be a door, box, chest, set of manacles, a padlock, or another object containing the mundane or magical means that prevents access. Target that is held set by a mundane lock or that is stuck or barred becomes unlocked, unstuck, or unbarred. If the object has multiple locks, only one of them is unlocked. Hmm. And then it makes a loud-ass knock that can be heard within like 300 feet. 
Okay, what object are you casting it on? <laughs> They're right in the middle of the fucking floor. <laughs> Where? The, the tile flooring? Yeah. Oh, like, wherever the rune thing is, like, in the center of it. Alright. You cast knock on the tile flooring, and you feel a deep rumbling as you hear a knock echo, like, through a hollow space beneath you. Oh. It's as if all the trees of the grove begin shaking, and you hear the unnatural bend and snap of the dried, twisted mangrove limbs. The mosaic tile flooring begins spinning in a circle, and then a hole in the center opens up. It keeps churning. The tiles look like liquid as the hole grows wider and wider, revealing the staircase down. Oh, like I always said, if you can't beat them, use knock. Wow. <laughs> I can't help but think we brute force this one. We definitely brute forced it. <laughs> Just like we brute forced against Jessica too. Yeah. We're not good at riddles, we and that. I'm gonna start walking down. Okay. Here we go. And Monique follows you down. I'm gonna follow to you. We're halfway there. We're just stuck in traffic. This, this is the Halftime app with Nikki B. What drives a man to insanity? Our minds are but black boxes. Gray, wrinkly, electrified flesh that tries to piece the stimulating signals of our neurons into something resembling order. Have you ever heard of the white torture? By placing someone in a blank void? No. No color, no sound, no external stimulus at all. You can very quickly drive them to insanity. Well, your fellow philosopher, Nicholas Bickelis, has been locked in the endless void of the halftime zone since the last Gary-centric episode. I have not been allowed to consume the sweet nectar of Drimbus for fear of... Spoilers. So how am I still sane, you ask? Well, I'll give you the greatest cheat code there is for this game of life. Patreon.com slash Drimbus. In the absence of your honor, the unlimited power of patron bonus content has kept me sane. I'm loving Back to Basics, where we chaotically work our way through classic D&D adventures like Lost Minds of Fandelva here. Have a taste, young one. you just kind of take a collective moment to reflect on your actions thus far. You all look over um, ahead of the passage. The main passage from the cave mouth climbs steeply upward, the stream plunging and splashing down its west side. In the shadows, a side passage across the stream leads west across the other side of the stream. Oh. By the way, the rest of the game is over here, you fucking nuts. <laughs> I'm just trying to give the people that were like in that passage an opportunity to do something with where they were, Thank okay? You. I'm trying to reward the good behavior of some of my players. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Dear me, it seems my sanity has come at the cost of Michael Pisani's. 
Well, if you see the Drimbis crew destroy the psyche of a formerly sane and talented man, be sure to become a Patreon at patreon.com slash Drimbis. And now I thank the patrons that made this possible. Thank you, Jerry Benetatos. Thank you, Queso Loco. Victoria Madrid. Greta Benier, Alejandro Lopez. Ace Andrews. Thomas Murphy. Emrys Craig. Regina Russell. Morgan Holly. Salty. Adrian Bundy. Sam Olivos. Jordan Cobb. The Unnamed Rogue. John Gillette. Chloe G. Conair on DVD. NB Star. Stevie B. Keys. Doubtful guest Michael Richters, Davis Walden, Fina Moonstrider, and Denny Dewdrop. Be well, friends. I shall see you next week. everyone, it is your friendly neighborhood GM, John Carlo Herrera here, and today I wanted to tell you about an awesome show called Looters. It is an actual play podcast where a hilarious cast of friends go on dramatic, action-packed, sci-fi western adventures in a universe full of different factions vying for control over the Outer Rims. I love a good sci-fi western mix, the cast is so much fun to listen to, and it's played on the Stars Without Number game system, which is really fun to hear in audio. I really think listeners of Drimbus would enjoy it, so please check out this trailer, and if it intrigues you, go check them out at looterspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, enjoy. Hey, we're the Looters. Hey, what's up? Looters is a sci-fi western actual play podcast using the Stars Without Number system. We're a group of friends getting into trouble all over the universe. So come with us if you're into adventure. A rocket flies out of one of these ships far behind you and crashes into the wall and blows up. There's rockets? It's Mario Kart. Crazy. Intrigue. Can I hack into the body and maybe see if they have, like, a memory data bank in their brain or some shit like that that I can access? That'll literally. <laughs> Devastating physical injury. <laughs> Just uh, take cover. Okay. She's a good pilot, everyone. Very good. Very good. She's very good. And friendship. New episodes of Looters out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone, roll a wisdom saving throw. Uh-oh. <laughs> Three. Four. Okay. You all take two points of damage. Ow. As your eyelids, or I guess whatever the spiritual equivalent of eyelids are, get heavier and heavier. Your vision starts to glaze over and fill with floaties as your sense of touch begins to dull. You feel big smiles creep across your face as you start laughing. <laughs> Mr. Phelps, did you? <laughs> what? Why is this funny? <laughs> Why are we laughing? No Is is the was the answer to the riddle, riddle happiness? Was it laughter? <laughs> You laugh and laugh and laugh 
and everything goes black. Terodicus, you wake up in a void of darkness. Your vision is blurred and you see nothing around you. Suddenly, you hear, Barry? Barry, is that you? Who's there? Oh, my sweet boy, I thought I'd never see you again. Dad? You turn around and you see your dad, as you remembered him before. In perfect health, skin intact, glowing even, and he says, Why'd you leave her, Barry? And suddenly, your father's eyelid begins to droop. His nose bleeds. He stares at you as his bottom lip begins to drop right off his face. Just look at her! Standing behind you is a little halfling woman. Her eyes are white and empty, her skin has rotted off parts of her skull, and her gums are green. Why didn't you let me stay with her? As your father sheds his skin entirely, and his skeleton runs at you. First, he slaps you across the face, turning your cheek, and then as your face turns, he punches you across the face with the other fist, dealing 12 points of damage total. Dad, I don't understand what's going on here. Thomas, you also wake up in a void, but you hear a very familiar voice. Hmm, I should dock your pay for that. Hey, that's me. You turn to see yourself in the flesh, the flesh you no longer have. You stand there, hair perfectly quaffed, pristine red suit, and perfectly moisturized skin. Get up. My god, I'm hot, and I get up. You should have died with them. He punches you across the face, turning your cheek. As your head turns down, you see them, the corpses of your mother and father, just as you found them, dead in your apartment. You take... Nine points of damage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's all he can manage to say. Just, I'm sorry. All right, Tyronicus, you have just been punched several times by your father. What are you doing, baby? I don't understand what's going on. How much of my wits am I right now? Because I feel like I would realize that my dad couldn't be here right now. Roll a wisdom check for me. Fifteen. You know that that probably isn't your dad, but that doesn't change anything. It looks like your dad, and he is attacking you. This isn't real. It's not real. I'm gonna end this. So I'm gonna fashion my hands in front of a gun, like, I love you, dad. Do it, you coward. I'm gonna shoot my firebolt right at him. Tears streaming down my eyes. Dirty 21. Dirty 21, that hits. Roll for damage. 15. Okay, describe how you blast this flame. It's like tears rolling down his eyes. He's looking his dad square in the face and like he kind of hesitates for a second. Grits his teeth because he realizes that like this isn't the first time something like this has probably happened just because he's so used to haunting phylacteries. That he just like lets it go and a giant fireball bursts from like the tip of his fingers and barrels straight at the image of his dead. Yeah, and that flame shoots out of your fingers and flies to your father's skeleton and it blasts across his face. 
and it chars his bottom jaw as it becomes brittle and cracks, and he seems to take quite a good bit of damage. However, he is then going to run right back up to you, and he is going to try and attack you again. Does an 18 hit you? It does. You take five damage as first he throws a left hook at you and you dodge under it. But then he clasps his two bony hands together and brings it down on you. Poof! Smashing it on the top of your skull. You take five points of damage and he says, You didn't even have the courage to put me down properly. You just left me out there like this. Sorry, Dad. I I, I, I just couldn't. I, I, I couldn't live with it. I couldn't live with myself. Thomas, yourself has just beat the crap out of you. What are you doing? God, I pack a punch. Ah, damn it. Thomas, it was not your fault. Shut up. It wasn't your fault. There was no way you could have been there with them in the end. It's not your fault. You just need to... It's all your fault. Now fight me. I won't fight you. It's not your fault. Okay, he is going to try and knee you across the face. Ooh, he tries to knee you and you just duck out of the way as it goes over. Then he goes to like stomp your face in with the bottom of his shoe and you roll over just a little bit. And he says, stand up and fight. I know how you fight, idiot. You can't land a punch on me unless you roll high enough. But normally you can't land a punch on me. (laughs) Tyronicus, what are you doing? You're not my dad. Actually, no, no, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go You're back up. I'm gonna aim. Yeah, I'm gonna aim my fucking finger guns back at him again. That's gonna scream. You're not my dad! I'm gonna fire another fire. Roll that. <laughs> that would be a 27. That definitely hits. Roll for damage. <laughs> so 13. You let loose another blast. This one actually chars his right arm as you go. You're not my dad! And fire the shot. Okay, he takes that charred hand and he reaches for your throat. It like cracks and crumbles a little bit and you see it coming. You dodge out of the way. And then, oof, okay, this one definitely does. I'm assuming a 23 hits you. A 23? Yeah. Yeah, it does. You take eight points of damage as he missed your throat, but then he comes back with the left hand and just scratches you across the face with those bony fingers. And he says... You didn't even have the courage to bring her back. You brought me back and left me alone. (laughs) I was like sobbing. Like, like, get out of my head. Okay, Thomas. Thomas has just attempted to fucking curb stomp you. (laughs) What are you doing? I want to try to persuade him. Thomas, there's no use in dwelling in the past. All you have to do is try to make sure this never happens again. And I rolled a... 18. Make sure what never happens again. I can't. I don't. This is what I have to do. I know that we never found out who murdered our parents, but it's your job as a lawyer to make sure that doesn't happen to any other child, to make sure that no other murderer gets away with what they did to us. Right? But I don't. I'm not a lawyer! And the voice no longer sounds like you. Tyronicus, you're up. So I'm going to attempt to, like, grab him by the neck, slam him down, and jam my fingers in his mouth. And uh, I'm just going to be like, Dad, I know you're not my actual dad. 
but for what it's worth, I'm sorry. I'm trying to make things right, but it seems like every time I get close, some idiots ruin it. But I swear I'm going to make things right. But in the meantime, just hold on. And I love you. And then I'm going to fire again directly into his mouth, point blank. Okay. Roll a strength contest for me. 15. Okay. You do manage to get Dad in the headlock, shove your fingers in his mouth. You feel that burnt jaw in your hand as it kind of crumbles a little bit. Roll your attack with advantage. This one's a natural 20, baby! Ooh, roll double damage as your dad is, like, chewing on your fingers, going... Six. Seven. Nine. And ten for a 32 total. Okay. You blast the skull of your father clean open. As the bones shatter and fly everywhere, it shifts. It's no longer bone, and you feel like an ooze on your arm, the one that you had him in the headlock in. Yeah. You feel this ooze as the, the bone seems to shift into skin. It turns gray and gross, and it contorts from the shape of your father into a plain gray humanoid body with no mouth as it gasps and collapses. <laughs> And the void of darkness begins to fade, as if very slowly turning on the light in the room. You find yourself in a large lower chamber that seems to be overgrown with weeds and roots. The floor is lined with more ceramic tile that is rubbed out and faded. You think you make out a heart? Or is it a brain? Some strange organ design. To your left, you see Thomas talking to Thomas. Er, oh. <laughs> er, someone in a red suit that looks a lot like the skeleton you know. And to your right, you see Monique Valentine fighting some other tiefling. He is big, muscular, and this, like, deep purple. Directly ahead of you, on some sort of dilapidated metal table altar type thing, you see a hardened gray heart. It almost appears as if it were made of stone, and yet... It beats, floating in the air. Uh, no, no, we are lawyers, Thomas. Remember, we went to law school, studied for years. We're, we're lawyers. Uh, you're making this really awkward, man. What? I'm not, we're not supposed to talk. Or We are, but I'm supposed to taunt you. It's not. Oh, oh God. Well, I'm sorry. Are you not, you're not Thomas. Well, obviously, I'm Thomas. What's your name? Yeah, no, I'm, God, yeah, fuck it. Okay, I'm not. And he shapeshifts into this, like, gray humanoid. There's no mouth. There's just these two, like, bug eyes staring out at you. Oh. Hi. Nice to meet you. I'm Thomas. Yeah. Hey. I don't... I don't have a name. Oh. Would you like a name? Uh, no. Oh. Yes? Yeah? Okay. Maybe... Sure? Cheerio. Oh. I... I like that. Yeah. It's my favorite cereal. (sighs) Oh. You know, Thomas, I don't... I don't know, man. My heart's just not in it anymore. Why? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sorry. Do you want to talk about it? I guess, bro. Like, I'm here. I'm working for this guy. He, like, poured me out of a tube. And, like, now I'm here. And I just kind of, like, fight people. But, like, I want to paint, bro. Cheerio, what's stopping you from painting? I, like, if I leave, he'll kill me. Well, 
I mean, talk to him about it, like we're doing right now. It seemed like you were trying to kill me, and we just had a conversation. I don't even know where he is. I just know there's like a, I don't know, like magic bullshit or whatever. Well, I mean, we're trying to stop the magic bullshit, so, I mean, if we succeed in that, if you want to help us, we could get you out of here. You you could? I think so, yes. I So far, so good. Well, I mean, yeah, but if you don't succeed, then, like, we're all dead. Right. I mean, but if you don't at least try, then you'll never know if you'll be able to paint or not. Yeah. I think that's something worth fighting for. Oh. What do you say, Cheerio? You're pretty wise, Thomas. Oh, thanks, Cheerio. Yeah, okay, I'll... Oh, by the way, we're trying to kill your friends, too. Oh, could you tell them to stop? Yeah, yeah, uh, hold up. And he puts two fingers to your temple, and he has, like, these kind of curved, like, they're not quite claws, but, like, they're not quite fingers either. Like, it's somewhere in between. And he puts two fingers to each of your temples, and slowly, for you, the light kind of fades back in also. And you see Tyronica standing, staring at you. You see the big tile with the insignia in the middle of the ground. You see the dilapidated metal table with the beating stone heart. And then, off to the side, you see Monique Valentine fighting with a big, deep purple tiefling. Tyronicus, you see all of this happening, and the great creature walks over to the tiefling and puts a hand on his shoulder and goes, Hey, hey, man, he goes, what? We're in the middle of something. And Monique's like, what, what? Uncle Frederick, what are you, who are you talking to? Look, hey, it's just, um, do you have a second? I'm in the middle of something. I know, just come, come here, come here. And the great creature, like, takes the tiefling aside and whispers in his ear and goes, and then you hear, a, a name? Cheerio. That's pretty cool. I don't know, man. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's the guy? And uh, he points at you. And he goes, yeah, that's the guy. I mean, fuck it. I guess you have a point. Yeah, okay, whatever. (sighs) And the big purple tiefling kind of shrinks and contorts, and he also turns into one of the gray humanoids. And he walks over to Monique and she goes, What the hell is going on? And puts two fingers to her temple. And he goes, Sorry about trying to kill you. Just, uh... She goes, Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. Oh, Tyronicus? Oh, Thomas. What? What's going on? Uh, apparently these great things were trying to kill us. And now they're not. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. And he walks over to Thomas and he goes, Hey, are you, are you Thomas? I am Thomas. What's your name? I don't have one. Would you like one? And he, like, looks away coyly and, like, twists his foot and he goes, No. You you want a name? Only a little. It's okay, Nacho. Everyone deserves a name. Oh, my God! I was secretly hoping he would call me Nacho. Fuck yeah! Yeah, I'm all top right. Cheerio, and they both high-five. Ah, this is nice. Anyways, uh, yeah, sorry for trying to kill you guys. No, no hard feelings. But, um, would you two mind helping us get out of here? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess just, uh, you can you can take the heart if you want. That's, there it is. That's a phylactery. Oh, sounds good to me. Does one thing happen if we touch it or something like that? No, no. Uh, we're supposed to kill you before you get to that part. Oh, fair enough. I'm just gonna go take the heart. Yeah, this, it's a little anticlimactic if you think about it. Just, just a little bit. I mean, I killed that guy. Sorry, but you know. Yeah, you know, honestly, of all of us, he was kind of like the most dickish. So <laughs> I kind of got that, you know. So where's your boss? Do you know? 
No, here's the thing. I'm... Well, I don't know about uh, Nacho, but I'm three days old. Oh. And he goes, yeah, I'm like two weeks old. Yeah, we've, uh... We just kind of get printed, oh, as needed. Yeah. And Cheerio points to, like, a corner of the room. And off in the corner, there is, like, a thick sap that seems to be pouring rapidly from a cluster of roots in the back of the room. It spills out into a big puddle of goo that seems to be making some strange shape. And as you look at it closer, you realize it's roughly, like, humanoid-shaped. And he goes, yeah, it, the, the goo tree shit, it kind of just prints us and we hang out here. We're doppelgangers, by the way. Oh. So you, you have, like, probably a couple minutes before that thing's done. And then we gotta persuade him and, you know, like, oh, God, it's gonna be such a pain in the ass. So you guys should probably just get out of here. Yep, it is time to go. Yeah, um... Do you know the direction? We took a lot of left turns here, but like... Yeah, uh, for the maze? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just when you get outside, put your right hand on the wall and just keep following that that right wall and it should take you out. So just make a bunch of rights. Yeah, pretty much. Brilliant. You know what they say, everybody goes left, so we should go right. <laughs> well, you know, I know you're two weeks old, so you might not have a lot of knowledge yet, but it's actually the other way around, Cheerio and Dorito. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure, buddy. I mean, Nacho. Sorry, Dorito's my other favorite snack. Are you, are you calling me a snack? Well, and he smiles at you a little bit. He he doesn't have a mouth, but like the facial muscles pull up. That's enough. I'm gonna like grab Monique by the hand. <laughs> Just gonna start leaning a little. I mean, what he is. I mean, yeah, but like, let's go. All right, all right. Well. Pleasure meeting you folks. Thanks for not killing us, I guess. I'm still a little in the dark. Wait, Cheerio, come on. You're coming with us. What? Cheerio, you need to become an artist. I mean, I'd, I'd love to. I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Well? Nacho, you want to come? Uh, what would I even do, Cheerio? I don't know. Guys, what could Nacho be? Anything you want. What are you good at, Nacho? Uh, looking like other people. Hmm. He changes shape to look like you, Thomas. Well, you could be an actor. Oh, and he says it to you in your voice. What? Look, that was perfect. That was a great impression of me, Nacho. Why, thank you. I mean, you could be an actor. They get to play other people all the time. Well, that that does sound rather fun. I mean, and listen, there's this one actor that keeps getting cast as the lead roles in this local theater company that I attend to quite often. Subpar at best. Honestly, get in there, audition, you'll replace him in an instant. If they... What is his name? Oh, God, who even cares? It's some Johnny Appleseed, whatever generic name. I don't... Then I shall venture to kill Johnny Appleseed. Please do. I'm sick of seeing him over and over I don't know if you need to kill him, but, you know... You're right. Perhaps it would be best just to humiliate him. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, that works. Very well. I shall be an actor. No, an actor. You're perfect, Nacho. You're perfect. Quickly, Cheerio, away. And he runs up the steps. <laughs> All right. After them, we go. Lead the way. And with their help, you manage to make it out of Twisted Grove. As you get outside, Monique looks at you and the doppelgangers pack into the iron cart and she gets in the back with you guys for a second to chat and she goes, holy shit, y'all. I can't believe it. We actually got it. Oh my God. 
I can't believe it was actually there, let, let alone us being able to recover it. What do you mean you can't believe that it was actually there? Didn't your intel say it was there? Yeah, but it, it's always all hearsay. I don't know, I'm not, I'm not much of a, a field agent. Good. Oh, wow, this is great. Well, what do we do now? All right, well, next step is to find Millie. And lightning strikes one of the mangroves. They're flames again, and you see that the fire from earlier has begun to burn one half of the mangroves, and this one seems to start at the other end. Uh, and she says, but for now, I think we need to get y'all home. What do you say? Fair enough. You're still not leaving our site, Monique, so pick one of us to stay with, and you're not leaving our site. Tyronicus. That was quick. You didn't even want to think about that? No. I mean, if I have to... I mean... <laughs> like, kicking my feet. <laughs> I'm a pretty decent chef, Monique. Are you sure? I'm a good host. Well, you you have uh, you have nacho and Cheerio. I, maybe we can have brunch at your place, but yeah. I mean, you, you got to put up nacho and Cheerio, and uh, Tyronicus and I have business to... Uh, yeah, totally. Um, All right. I, I don't remember agreeing to house Nacho and Cheerio, but I suppose I could swing that for a couple weeks. I'm gonna like take him to like slightly aside and just kind of like whisper, but like really loudly, like, "Oh, so it's your idea to take them out of the forest." I mean, you're kind of like obligated to, right? I mean, all right, fine. Nacho Cheerio, let's go. Sweet, sweet. I guess we better get going. It's a, uh, it's about a day's ride to the courthouse, and then a few hours after that, so. Same routine as before, I guess, yeah? Same routine as before. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Monique sits up front and takes the first shift of driving. After about a half day's ride, you feel the caravan come to a sudden halt. Monique hurriedly runs to the back and shouts, Everyone, move over, move over, get out of sight! Oh, oh God, okay, I'm hiding. Nacho and Cheerio jump out of the carriage. You hear a buzzing noise as she pulls a small hand mirror out of her purse and says, Stay quiet! She sits down on one of the walls of the caravan that none of you guys are sitting at. She flips the mirror open, tucking a strand of hair behind her ear, and smiles and says, Well, hello there. Monique, dearie. How are you, Miss Christie? Oh, just peachy. Enjoying a glass of champagne while the girls are wee. The <laughs> uh, girls? Oh, just a little business thing I've got going on. What are you up to today? Uh, actually, on a, out on a road trip right now. Figured I'd get to know the region a bit better, so I'm not caught off guard if I ever need to work in the West, you know? Marvelous. Your dedication is just something else. Speaking of which, I actually had a little favor to ask of you. <laughs> You name it, Miss Hagatha. Are you familiar with Gary Mogbile? She does her best not to look at you as she swallows hard. <clears throat> yes, I'm familiar with Mr. Mogbile. I've run into him once or twice uh, working with Miss Felcher. Quite right. Well, I'm going to assign you to a client of Green Barrel. Breaking and entering, uh, don't quite care if you win or lose. Though it'd be good to get him off and build your reputation up a bit. While you're in town investigating the scene, I'd like you to get me as much detail on his home as you can. I'll shoot you the address later. Can you make it out there tomorrow afternoon? <laughs> of course, Agatha. Wonderful. Now... 
I've got a bubble bath calling my name, so I'll let you get back to your road trip. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps and T.J. Berry as Tyrannicus. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited and sound designed by Giancarlo Herrera. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our After the Show show, After the Drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you so much for listening, and I do declare, I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Mount Absalom, a community, a heritage, a home. The green jewel in the majestic crown of Ohio. For 200 years, Mount Absalom has been a place to play. N32. Bingo! A place to learn. For in thy green and growing arms, we have everything we need. All right, now let's get out our math homework. A place to work. Here at the Celery Bottling Works, we produce over 2,000 bottles of celery soda every day. A place to raise a family. Ah! It's a girl. It's a place of history. And here we have the barrel of whiskey that Confederate soldiers stole from Mount Absalom patriot Amelia Pleasance during Morgan's raid. And of course, a place of celery. 201st Celery Festival, I dub thee Open! <laughs> Mount Absalom is the perfect place for making memories. For making memories. For making memories. For making memories. Make your memories with us. Make your memories here. With Absalom. Paid for by the Delphi Quarter of Mount Absalom and Celeric Bottling Works. Refreshing Celeric Soda and Diet Celeric Soda. <sighs> A Midwestern Gothic Mystery. Learn more at unwellpodcast.com.